0: Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church. And thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends, to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Fantastic. Y'all ready for the word this morning? I got any Christians in the house this morning. I got anybody that's ready for the word this morning. Come on. So you'll see back here, there's a cool rhino, and it says, into the wild. Uh, You know, our associate pastor, Scott Fletcher, who brought the word great last week, didn't he? Come on, Scott Fletcher, my man. Killed it. Preached a brilliant message called, Don't Waste the Wait. And uh, I knew that in advance. And the weird thing about having a week off from preaching is... Uh, I feel like Ricky Bobby. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) What to do with my hands. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself. And so what the Holy Spirit was leading me was prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. And so as Scott was saying, don't waste the weight. I feel like I didn't waste the weight. I didn't have to prepare a message. Instead, I was able to prepare myself last week. And it was awesome. And and it was funny because we've been talking about this here in church. And I've been like, hey, we're going to go serious list. series list, series series list for a little bit, right? I've been saying that, and we will, we'll continue on with that, but this morning we're going to start a series, I'm not sure how long it goes, but he really laid this on my heart, and we're going to start a series this morning called Into the Wild. Come on, somebody say, Into the Wild. Into the Wild. You know, when we first started church, we preached a, a message series about the second month in called Built for the Wild. And I loved it. It was awesome. I feel like we really laid some foundation. If you weren't here for that, which is a lot of you, praise God. I'm glad you're here. God's building his church. It's awesome. Um, but go back on the website, on the iTunes, listen to those. It's not, they're not super related, but it was an awesome series. But being built for the wild, and I felt like God was saying to me, man, you guys are built for the wild. You're in this new area. You're in this new place. You're built for this next season. So now I'm gonna call you into. The wild. You're built for the wild. Now I'm going to call you in to the wild. Does that sound good? Yeah. Awesome. So, the title of my message is this morning, where are my note takers at? All right. If you're taking notes, awesome. If you're not taking notes, take notes. Okay. Title of the message this morning is Wild Thirst. Wild Thirst. Wild Thirst. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, You look thirsty? <laughs> Anytime I can get away with saying that in church, I'm going to, you know it, you know it, you look thirsty. All right, if you're cracking up in your Bible this morning, here we are, it's going to be on the Sky Bible back here, um, our amazing Nat is in the booth this morning, Somebody some She's so loved, she Instagrams all the time, she's like, I get to run the Sky Bible at church, and I'm like, you are amazing, I need 50 more Nats, yeah. okay, um, we're coming out of John 4, 7 through 15, y'all ready? A woman The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. Where do you get that living water? She got some attitude this morning. Verse 12 Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and even his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a wellspring, welling up of eternal life. That woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water ever again. Is that good news this morning? Awesome. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. God, we just thank you for what you're doing here at Takeover Church. Even this morning, God, what you're, what you're just accomplishing in our hearts this morning, that worship, God, was so powerful. It wasn't powerful because of musicians. It wasn't powerful because of gifts and talents. God, it was powerful because of a room full of people who were laying down their lives, and they were worshiping you and exalting you high, God. We just thank you for two or more gathered. There you are in the midst of us, Jesus. So we thank you for everything that you're going to do this morning. Keep doing what you started. In Jesus, my name, a faithful church said, amen. amen. I'm going to keep it absolutely 100 with you this morning, above board, being honest. I had the flu hard this week, okay? It was the flu, all right? That was the flu. I don't know if you ever had the flu. You gave it to me. All right. Pray for my marriage, church. Jeez. Disrespectful wives, um, (laughs) submit to your... No, I'm kidding. So uh, don't make me say Ephesians 5, um, but she's awesome. But yes, no, so I I had a head cold. I don't know. I was asleep for like 48 hours, okay? If that's not the flu, I don't know what else it is. Legit. Adrian's talking mad trash about me in a Facebook message with some friends going, okay. hey, there's this homeless guy upstairs in my bedroom right now. He's got like six pairs of pants on, six uh, six sweatshirts, and a hat on laying in bed with no covers on. What is going on? And I'm like, thanks, wife. Appreciate you covering my back. It's cool. <laughs> so if you can't tell, my voice is a little uh, shaky, but I'm still going to preach it like I feel Is that okay yeah. this morning? Yeah. Awesome. You know what's funny? I've preached off this scripture before, and there's these goals that you have as a preacher, right? You're like, ah, I hit it, and then I'm going like, to take some time away from that scripture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some years underneath my belt, and then we'll revisit it. We'll see what the Lord will do, obviously. Um, but for me, I've always preached this piece of scripture from a, a specific point of view, and when God laid this message on my heart, I realized it was from a different point of view. I love when God says the word of God goes out, it goes forward, and it doesn't return void. I just want to encourage you this morning. With your Bible reading, man, there is fresh revelation for you every single day. Your best revelation is actually still to come. It's not that the Bible changes. It's just that he speaks to you in new ways through the same scriptures in different seasons. It's so good. So I want to encourage you when you're reading your Bible, stick with it. Don't just skip it over. Like, read that sucker, okay? It's going to speak to you. It's going to change you. Like, we're not changing the Bible. The Bible's changing us. Amen? So read your Bibles. I know. I just got super, like, I don't know, I feel like I should have had a bullet like Joel Osteen or something when I said that, but it was good, Love, love brother Joel. But this morning, I realized this week when I was reading this passage of scripture that I've always preached it for the church. I've preached it as we are Jesus. This is how we are supposed to be. We are the local church. We're going to run to the ones who are at the well. We're going to run to the ones who are different than us. We're going to run to the ones who are hurting and in hiding and are in shame and are in guilt. And we're going to be love and we're going to be grace. And we're going to be all these things to them. And I was like, yes. And that gets me so hyped every single time. And I'm like, yes, Jesus is exactly what we aim for. But the truth of this word is that, yes, Jesus is the goal, but the fact is you and I, we are the woman at the well. We are the woman at the well. And when I had this revelation, I was like, I thought I was beyond that. I thought I was beyond that. And I realized it's the human condition it's not just Matt's condition. It's the human condition that whatever season of life we find ourselves in, we're always constantly trying to fill ourselves with something. Yeah. There's something about us that whatever we're going through, whatever we're trying to do, whatever goal we're trying to reach, if we're trying to have a successful marriage, we're trying to have a successful business, if we're trying to get through school, whatever it is, we're trying to raise kids and we find ourselves in a daunting season, and in a hard season, in a difficult season, Maybe it's a really good season. Maybe you're at the mountaintop. It's the human condition to be filling ourselves with things. Because we're thirsty. We're thirsty human beings. And depending on what season of life that you find yourself in, what you are filling yourself up with will spill out of you. You know, I believe for this church, God is calling us into the wild. Let me define the wild. The wild is the world. The wild is our culture. The wild is the untested, the unexplored, the unknown, the great beyond. All of these things, when God says, I have more for you, I have greater for you, nothing will be impossible for with you, with, for God. All of those things that He is pulling us and calling us and beckoning us into, they exist in a place that is untested that is unknown, that, yeah, maybe some others have gone before and have explored and have been there, and they might have great ministry, and they might have great influence, and they might have things going on, but specifically what God has called every single one of you to is uniquely different and uniquely unexplored because it's uniquely given to you. And so when God calls us into the wild, we're going to be tested in the wild. When we're called into the wild, we're going to be tested in the wild. And the crazy thing about that is whatever whatever you're filling yourself up with now, it's what's going to spill out of you in the wild. When you're going through it when you're in that zone when god is calling you forward whether it's in ministry or your job or raising your kids and you're going out into the great unknown you're trusting god you're gonna you're gonna press up against some hard seasons some difficult moments some hard conversations some heartbreak you're gonna experience things in this life that you never asked for and when that happens you're gonna feel pressed on all sides and what comes out of you will be what you have been filling yourself up with so in this room if you're filling yourself up with faith, then guess what? What's going to come out of you is going to be faith. If you're filling yourself up with faith, they're going to be like, yeah, my faith can sustain me. I'm pressed, but I'm not defeated. Oh, my bad, Rusty. Oh, smart. I didn't know it did that. As you do. Not a musician, clearly. But as we're pressed, what comes, what we've been filling ourselves up with will ultimately come out of us. And so if you're in a difficult season, you've been filling yourself up with the Word, you've been filling yourself up with Jesus community, you've been filling yourself up with podcasts and just worship music, and you're getting yourself fed and you're excited, you are going through it. This is a church that recognizes that the struggle is real, but we know that our Savior is more real. Amen? Come on, the struggle might be real, but our Savior is more real. Amen? And so when we're going through it, we can fill ourselves up with faith, and that can spill out of us because whatever fills us in these seasons when we're in the wild that we're pressed and we're tested it will spill out of us and it will either sustain us or it will drain us amen? amen it will either sustain you or it will drain you for me man I struggle with pride I struggle with pride and so when I'm in the wild season I'm like Whoo! it's dark it's dirty but I'm Matt freaking McClure okay like I start getting all Hulk Hogan with it I'm like too many wrestling references, but I'm getting stoked, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm going through it. I've got this. Matt McClure, no, 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 no. I have got this. I'm the best there is. I'm the best there was. I'm the best there ever will be, baby. Like, I am the man, okay? And I go through, I know, it's ridiculous. This is what I, This is how I sound in my head, okay? I'm like, I am the man. I Come on, I don't need a jubilee year. I'm the man. Like, I go through it, and I rely on my own instincts and in my own strength and in my own will and in my own giftings. And so many of us, when we're going through these seasons, whatever it takes to get through them, whatever we're trying to nourish ourselves with, whatever counterfeit we're putting in, whatever it is, if it's not Jesus, it cannot sustain us. My pride cannot get me through the tough season. My pride cannot make a successful ministry. My pride cannot get me to reach my neighbor. My pride, what I fill myself with, Matt is the man. Matt is not enough. Enough. You might be the man, bro, but the man is not enough. Come on. I'm I preaching to anybody this morning. When we're in a desert season, when we're out in the wilderness, when God calls us out into the great unknown, what is on the inside of you will spill out of you, and it will either sustain you or it will drain you. And now that we've identified that, there's a couple other things I want to say. Y'all mind if to take a water break. Cheers. You know what I'm saying? Like Matt, that's stupid. Shut up. Okay. A <laughs> couple other things I want to I want to talk about real quick. So we get in the church. We get in the church. We come to know Jesus. And we want to start running with the pack. We want to get involved, we want to get in a serve crew, we want to get in a boys and girls crew, we want to we want to hang out, we want to do life together, we want to do all of these things, but there's something that, man, we don't ever really talk about. We say, bend the knee, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, we say these things, but sometimes we have a hard time articulating what that means, because we come in, and we're stoked, you get saved, and you're like, woo! Can't tell me nothing. Jesus is Lord. He is king, and it is good, and I'm going forward. Amen? And you're stoked. You remember when you first met Jesus? Who was so excited? Come on. I pray every single week that we would have a revelation as a church, that we would have the same flair and the same excitement as when we first met Jesus. Come on. There's a song on YouTube right now called Take Me Back. Take me back to that time we first fell in love. I am here for it. That's what I've been meditating on all week. Amen? Amen? Take me back but we get excited and we're in church and we're doing this thing. and We wanna run with the pack. The problem is, we knew he was Lord and we called him savior, but what they didn't tell us was, after the encounter, there has to be an exchange. So we're running with the pack and we're doing the best that we can to keep up, but what we're still filling up on, what we still thirst for, It's different than what everybody else in the pack is drinking. The rest of the church, the rest of the wolves, the people who are running, the rest of them who are going ahead, they're filled up on something else. They're not stopping for water like I'm stopping for water. They're not stopping for meat like I'm stopping for meat. They're not eating the same time of day. They're not going to sleep at the same time of night. They're not living and existing the same way I have been living and existing. And we have done a great jeopardy by not explaining this, that yes, once you come home to know Jesus, there's an exchange that has to take place because you cannot serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords and still be thirsting for the same things you've been thirsting for. You can't be filling up on the same things because it cannot sustain you. You will get out into what God calls you to do. You will have an awakening. You will come alive. But what got you to that moment, it can't keep you going. There has to be an exchange. Something in our lives has to give, and it has to change at this moment. And so I love I love this moment with Jesus and this woman at the well. And like I said, I've always preached this from a certain, uh, a certain vantage point before where I saw us, the church, as Jesus, and this is how we go to the outside world. And that's still true, and that's still a good word. But, man, it will blow your mind, and it will change you from the inside out when you realize you're not Jesus in this part. You are the woman at the well. Here is this woman. A little bit of context. A little bit of context. Here is this woman. It is at the highest point of the day where the sun is at the highest point, the hottest point of the day. The sun is right there. She can't go to this well in the morning. She can't go to this well at night. Why? Because this woman, she has five, she's a divorcee, five times, and the sixth guy that she's with right now is just a live-in boyfriend. So the sun is at the highest point of the day because this is the point where nobody else is out in Samaria okay? Nobody else is out there. Nobody else is going to get water because the water's too hot. The well is steaming right now. This is boiling. This is not warm water that you could just let cool. This is some hot water, okay? Hot water, hot shower. Anyways, so, sorry, six people are going to get it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. But it's hot water, and Jesus who is a jewish rabbi he is a jewish man he leaves behind his boys the context of the scripture is like yo y'all go ahead i'm gonna go to samaria they're like what you crazy, you must need some lunch, and he was like, you know what, I am a little bit hungry, will you go ahead and get me, you know, some Jimmy John's, and I'm, Jimmy John's? some Jimmy John's, will you go to Jimmy John's, get me a sandwich, and then meet me back in Samaria, I'm gonna go this way, you go that way, why that's a problem is because there is racial tension at this time, this is not me saying uh, that we're just gonna take the Bible and apply it to our world today, No, 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 The Bible actually mirrors our world today, okay? There was racial tensions going on here. Jews and Samaritans, they didn't get along. They didn't play nice. They were not friends. And so it's crazy that Jesus, a Jewish man, would leave behind his his welfare, his ministry, his boys, his comfort zone, and he would make a beeline to Samaria because he knew that this woman would be there. And this woman is that the easiest part of the day. Jewish law would tell her because she has five husbands because she's been divorced even just the one time. They don't even hold the other five things against her. No, no, no. They don't care that you're shagging the sixth guy or that you were married four other times. They don't care. They're like, you were divorced. If you went in the morning when people are out or you went at night when people are out, you would get stoned to death. And I'm not saying they just start chucking rocks. I'm saying they detain her. They hold her down. They put a flat board on top of her and they they stack rocks on top of her until it's flat. Yeah. Stoning is no joke. So this woman, in fear and in shame, she goes to the well at the hottest point of the day to get hot water that she can't even use right now. And in that moment of shame and fear, she has an encounter with Jesus. And I love this, because for us, this is the church this is the moment, this is the exchange, we have this encounter with Jesus, when we come to know him as our Lord and Savior, we hear what he says, I love it, she goes, "Um, who are you to ask me for a drink, and he was like, girl, one drink of what I got, one drink of my supply, one drink of what comes from me, you won't ever have to come back here again. And she didn't understand that. And I don't think the church understands that either. Jesus says to her, one drink of what I have, And you don't have to come back here again. One drink of my supply, you don't have to come back here again. That means you don't have to come back for this water. You don't have to come back in guilt and shame. You don't have to have your life revolve around this well of hiding and in fear and trepidation for your life. You don't have to exist in shame or fear anymore. One drink of what I have, not only will you be filled, but you will not thirst and you will not fear, and you will not have shame. Amen? Amen. Amen? One drink of what I got, he says, and you won't ever have to come back here. And i think about that. How many of us, how many of us, when it gets hard, When it gets difficult, when we're going through it, how many of us, when God's calling us into the wild, he's calling us into a new season, he's calling us to exchange and leave some things behind in our lives, he's calling us out of darkness and into light, he's calling us to live above reproach, he's calling us to live in a different way, and how many of us, we get to the edge of that sidewalk right where the jungle begins, and we want to go back to that same drinking fountain, that same well that everybody else is drinking from. It's dirty it's filthy ain't nobody cleaned that in years there's gum attached to it it's nasty but it's readily available and it's right there and it's what we've always known it's what we've always drank from we get right to the edge of glory and we want to go right back to our chains we get right to the edge of what God has for us what he's calling us out to and because this is unknown We go back to where everybody else is drinking from, how everybody else is living, how everybody else is saying. But he's calling us out of that. He's like, you've been thirsty for far too long. Your thirst? It's wild, it's uncontainable. Once you start tasting this and tasting that, once that, once this is not just familiar, it is addicting for some of us. Some of us, man, we cannot get through this life, we cannot get through this week without a drink, without somebody warm in our bed that we're not married to. We lie to ourselves constantly. We lie to others to hide the shame. We lie to hide the other lies on top of the other lies. And he's saying, you've been thirsty for far too long. This is a wild thirst. But I got good news for you this morning, church. God can do more with what you surrender than with what you're holding on to. Yeah, I can do more with what you surrender than with what you're holding on to right now. Because in this moment, an exchange takes place. It's not just an encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus doesn't really mean a whole lot. It doesn't profit you a whole lot if there's not an exchange with Jesus. If there's not a bending of a knee, if there's not an exchange, this is what I have. I want what you have. I've had the water. I've had the well. I've come to this place. I've feared for my life. I've been scared, and I've been in shame and guilt is there anybody in here this morning that you've existed in shame and guilt and fear and you would rather exist in freedom? Yes. I'm not alone. I've been out there. Shame, guilt, fear. Fear that I'm going to be found out that I'm phony, that I'm not good enough, that I couldn't be enough. And I'm existing for the gram, and I'm existing for my coworkers. I'm existing for my family, and I'm trying to put on this image and this front. And I'm trying to be like everybody else. I'm trying to be everything they need, but on the inside, I'm this, and I'm feeling this. And I'm trying to hide this. And here's Jesus, to the same woman in the same situation, you and me. One drink. One exchange, and you will never have to come back here again. You never have to come back here again. I want to encourage you this morning take over church. One drink of what Jesus got, and your whole life will change. You were going your way, and now you're going his way. There's an exchange that must take place in our lives. If we're going to be and do everything that God has called us to, if we're going to go into the wild, come on, church, if he was broken for it, he will build you for it. Amen? If he was broken for it, he will build you for it. He was broken for salvation of the lost. He was broken for your calling. He was broken for your marriage. He was broken for your health. He was broken for restoration and reconciliation of this world at large. If he was broken for it, he's going to build you for it. Amen? He's yeah. helping anybody this morning. Yeah. This Come on. I need you to, my voice is bad. I need you to talk back and shout me down. Sound good? If he's been broken for it, he will build you for it. Come on. And so in this moment, we see an exchange take place where she says, I don't want this water. Give me what you have. You can read the scriptures. We don't, we don't have it all up on the screen. We've got a couple more things we're going to get to, but you can read it in the scriptures. What happens next is Jesus says, okay. And so she meets him as her Lord and Savior, right? She meets him as her Lord and Savior. She says, you're my God. This moment forward, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you can do what you say you can do. Give me this living water. And he says, awesome. Now go and get your husband. Because how many of you know God's reconciliation, God's restoration plan, what he wants to do in your life, it is never just for you. It is for your home. It is for your house. It is for your marriage. It is for both parties involved. It is for everybody. Once he gets to you, he wants to get through you. Amen? Amen. So Jesus says, go we'll get your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. And Jesus is like, I know. I know. I know. He's like, You've had five husbands. She's like, Yeah. And he's like, And the sixth guy, this Joker, he's just a living. He's just a living boyfriend. He's just a leech right now. He's not worthy of a son. He's not worthy of a daughter of Christ. And what happens next is incredible. What happens next is freedom. What happens next is liberation in the truest form. He doesn't hold that against her. He says, I know you've had five, and this sixth guy, he is just a live-in boyfriend leeching off you, dishonoring you, taking advantage of you, and he's like, I'm offering you a full cup, a woman whose biggest concern in life, she goes into the wild, she's out here existing, she has a plan for her life, she's encountered with Jesus, and the biggest thing on her life, her chief concern in life, it's not having a full cup, it's having a full bed. It's not having a savior. It's having a bedfellow. And Jesus says, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to strive. You don't have to work for a full bed anymore. Have a full cup. Have a full drink of whatever I got. And you won't have to come back here no more. This is incredible. This is incredible. This is so liberating. If you would understand this this morning, what she gets on the inside of her is this. She goes from wild thirst to a wild revelation. Amen? Amen. She has a wild thirst that leads her to an encounter with Jesus. There's an exchange that happens, and that wild thirst, it becomes wild revelation. It becomes she is who he says he is. Because what happens next is incredible. He says to her, go. And Jesus stays at this well. And what happens is the most freeing and liberating thing. This is my favorite portion of scripture. I love this so much. I love seeing Jesus' heart for this woman because I know it's his heart for me. We have this exchange that takes place. We have this encounter that happens. And what he does, he doesn't just free her on the inside because his full cup How many of you know it runneth over, baby? That full cup, it runs over. He don't just hand you a full cup that stops at the brim. His cup is always overflowing in your life. He says, I'm going to give you a full cup that will be a wellspring. It will spring forth in your soul, and it will overflow. So what happens when a cup overflows? It gets the outside of the cup wet. It changes what the outside of the cup looks like. And so this woman, she goes from this moment, from this moment, she goes, hottest point of the day, and she walks back down into the city of Samaria without Jesus. He's still at the well. And she goes, and she preaches the good news of Jesus, the encounter she just had with him to the people who at any other point in time, Any other day, any other moment, any other insignificant day on the calendar would have had her detained and stoned and put to death for her sins. They listened to her. This woman, from an encounter with Jesus, from an exchange with Jesus, she goes from an adulteress to a preacher. Come on. I wondered this morning what would happen in our life With one exchange, with one encounter, with one moment with Jesus, where we just hand over what we've been carrying, where we just surrender what we have to him, and we go from an adulterer to a preacher, from a murderer to a preacher, from a thief to a preacher. What would it be? What would your life look like? Because what happens in this moment, she has this encounter with Jesus. She preaches the good news. She says, he has told me everything. I was like, I'm not seeing that at all in this conversation. He said that he is good, that he is faithful, that you will never have to exist in shame or guilt anymore, that you don't have to drink from this well that will run dry. You don't have to come back here. What everybody else is doing, you don't have to drink the same things. He said that. He said he brought up the fact that you had five husbands, six living boyfriends. And she tells these people, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the one we've been prophesying about. He came. He's here. He's at the well right now. He is at the well. The Samaritans who hate Jews and who hate this woman, just for two reasons. One, she's a woman, so she doesn't really have a whole lot of equity at the time. And two, she's a sinful woman, and everybody knows about her bedroom. And they listen to her. When that wellspring gets on the outside of you, you will experience the most freedom and liberation that you have ever felt because he doesn't just change the inside of you. He changes how people view you. You get this exchange, this encounter with Jesus, you're going to be different. People are going to see you different. The expectation on you is going to be different. Their preconceived notions of who you once were, those are going to change when you start to follow Jesus. They're going to listen. There's going to be something emphatically different about you. They're going to see you for something different. And you're going to be able to speak to people that you've never spoken to before. You're going to have a platform that you don't deserve. You're going to have a platform that you've never been in before. You're going to have a conversation that you don't deserve to be in. But because of the grace of God, you're going to lead the masses to Jesus. What happens in this moment? Come on. What happens to this moment? What happens in this moment? It's these guys, these Samaritans. These rulers who wanted to kill her and stone her because of the law followed this woman back to the well. And they encountered Jesus. But we've already established, encounter's not enough. They encounter Jesus. And it says that Jesus, with this woman, Follow the city back to their homes where they lead a two-day revival in the city of Samaria. A Jewish rabbi, a woman who was going to be stoned and put to death if she was out of public at any other point in time, they go and they preach the good news of Jesus Christ and they have a two-day revival. Why is that important? because she went from six guys to two day revival where hundreds if not thousands came home to know Jesus. I wonder this morning, church. I wonder what our lives would look like when we begin to get this exchange on the inside of us. When we begin to take inventory of who we are and what he's called us to. We begin to look at what we have and we begin to think to ourselves, what could God do with me if I just gave this up right now? If we just exchange this with him right now? If we just bend a knee and we exchange our five guys and our six living boyfriends, because we all got one of those. Whatever our major sin is that we struggle with. If you're in here and it's pornography, that's sexual sin. You're struggling with it. But our sixth living boyfriend is a side piece where we say, I was just looking. It's just pornography. I'm not having sex. It's just this. I'm not married for the sixth time. It's just this. No, 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 no. God is saying, give it all to me. Give it all to me. You think it's yours. Give it to me. In this exchange, I can do far more with your life when you surrender than when you withheld. Amen? Because this woman, she goes, five failed marriages, six living boyfriend, to two days of revival where thousands of people come home to know Jesus. There's a day, we don't like to talk about this in church, there's a day that's going to come when we get to heaven. And we're going to see the thousands of people that this woman who should have been put to death for her sin by the law, but by grace, she led those thousands of people and we're going to get to see them and we're going to get to talk to them and we're going to get to see what that looks like, but I don't want to wait till heaven to see what that looks like. I want to see what that looks like through our lives. A wild thirst, it can lead to a wild revelation. Amen. Amen. So they go, and they lead this two-day revival. For us, we pray for revival a lot here at church. We pray for revival a lot here in Grand Rapids. Because we want to see it. It's not just because it looks good on Instagram. It's not just because it's something that we can easily tweet out. It's not because it gets Christians excited, yeah, revival, no, 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 we're praying for it, because we want to actually see God do it, and we're a church that exists to see Jesus take over our lives, so if there's something that we haven't exchanged yet, we want to exchange it, if there's something we've been holding on to, we want to exchange it, we want to hand it over, if he can truly do more with my life, when my hands are open That I want to be ready to receive. Is there anybody else here this morning that wants to be ready to receive? Worship team, you can start making your way back up here. I don't know what's going on in this room right now. I know that God's up to something. There's a woman in here this morning. And God is just saying, just hand it over. I don't know who that woman is. He's not giving me a name. He's not giving me a picture, but I know right now on the inside of me, through the Holy Spirit, there is a woman in here right now. It's not that you have a parallel with the woman at the well. There's no shame, there's no guilt. The very fact that as a local church people would feel shame and guilt for bringing the things that they need to exchange, that is a shame. We are not that kind of church. The local church, this church exists so that those things that you need to exchange, this is the currency place. This is where you exchange it. This is your moment. This currency, this exchange rate, it's astronomical. It goes from everything that you've got to everything that God's got. It goes from struggle and toil to glory and riches. This is our God. There is an exchange rate in the local church through Jesus Christ where you can come and he can do more with what you're holding on to than you ever can. So I don't know who that person is. I don't know what daughter this is, but you are a daughter. And you've been holding on to something. And you need to exchange it this morning. There's one more piece of scripture that I'd like to bring up and that we're going to make that space available to do that. Isaiah 55.1. Come, everyone, everyone. Somebody say, everyone. Everyone. Come, everyone who thirsts, everyone who's got thirst, everyone who's been filling up on things that are less than Jesus, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. Come, everyone, everyone who thirsts. The parallel here is this. Everyone who thirsts is everyone that got no money. We're thirsty and we're filling ourselves up with things that can't sustain us. If it's sex, if it's money, if it's substances, if it's approval, if we're living for validation from man, If it's sickness, I've met people in my day that their sickness gives them validation. And I'm like, what? How does your sickness give you validation? Because it gives you a point of conversation. It brings people around you. That's not validating. That's pity. Jesus wants to set you free from that. There's a greater sickness going on in your body when your sickness has become your identity. And he says, come, everyone who thirsts, come. This church is still a church for everyone because our God is a God for everyone. We thirst and we can exchange. And I love that he says this, come to the waters. He who has no money, church, we love this. Oh, I've been praying a lot. I've been reading a lot. I serve a lot. I give a lot. We give so much, we kill ourselves for the church, we kill ourselves for family. Where is God? Where is he? Why isn't he bringing us stuff? That's pride. We sit here and we think that God should move simply because we're serving. No, we need to believe that God will move because he's God. We have no money. Our toil, our serving, our struggles, our giving, it's not enough. It never could be enough. Your good works, it can't be enough. Your good days, it's not enough. Your best behavior, your swear jar count, it's not enough. He says, come, you have no money, and buy. Then what do we buy with? We buy with somebody else's money. We buy with a currency that doesn't exist to us except through Jesus. You can't do it on your own. But he says you can buy wine and milk without money and without price. It's already been purchased for you. So why would you not exchange it to that woman in here today? He can do more with what's in your hands than what you can. To anybody else in here this morning, why should I have to give before I receive? Because I believe this is for everybody in here this morning. Oh, God. I'm not acting right now. Hear me, church. Everybody in here, hear me. Come on, Jesus. Moving these hearts right now. Why should you have to give before you receive? And I believe God is saying right now, because your hands are too full of other things to receive the freedom and the liberation and the love and the identity and all of these things that I have for you, this freedom and this liberation right now, your hands are full. You're filling yourself up with too many other things. And right now, he is asking you to exchange. You can have your honey. You can have your wine. You can have all of these good things that come from the Father above. But you have to exchange. Amen? With every head bowed and eye closed in this place, if you would, would you just stand to your feet carefully? Let's keep every head bowed and eye closed. Right here is an altar. Right here is an altar. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your life looks like. But I know that God is calling you into the great unknown. He is calling you deeper. He is calling you wider. He is calling you to a wilder existence full of amazing things in an unexplored place. He is giving you territory to take. He is giving you a place to expand your tent. He is giving you land and people to make an impact and leave a lasting impression on for the kingdom of God. And he's asking this morning. What would that revival? What would that revival look like in a marriage? If a wild thirst can lead to wild revelation, then I believe this morning that a wild revelation can lead to a wild revel, revival in your soul. It can lead to a wild revival in your marriage. It can lead to a wild revival in your mind, in your physical body, in your well-being. So I don't know what you need to exchange, but this is a safe place. The band is gonna play in just a second. Myself and Adrian, Pastor Adrian, we're gonna be right here. If you need prayer, Pastor Scott will come up here too. Or if you just wanna take a knee right here as you want to get before your creator this morning nobody's looking around we're just going to be singing we're all going to be praying we're all going to be worshiping this is between you and him but so often in this life there's got to be an exchange that takes place that is more than just saying the words under your breath or saying it to yourself some of us we need a move of god and he's waiting on a move of you And so if you would have the courage and the boldness this morning, I don't know what you need freedom from. But if you want it, I'm feeling right now that at this altar, that freedom is available to you. So we're going to sing. We're going to make ourselves available. And we're going to see what the Lord will do. Amen.